Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest and, as always, greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. As usual and always, you got your pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart bringing you yet another action-packed, pats-tastic edition of the pod. Today, we will talk about everything swirling around in the wide world of Patriots with our Pats Paris segment, including a very unflattering report card from the current players in the NFL about Gillette Stadium and the Patriots practices. A little off-seasonal positional preview. Continuing our series today, we tackle the D-line. And then, of course, it's mailbag time. The questions from you, the mad fans of Pats Nation. Andrew, we begin today. With said NFLPA report card, I was unfamiliar with said annual uh, report, if you will, where the NFLPA surveys 1,300, that's 1,300 current NFL players in an anonymous. So that basically turns out to be around 40 players per team. So most of the team. Yeah, that's most of the team. Three quarters of your active game day roster answers a series of questions about travel, meals, conditioning, strength, facilities, familial environment at all. So it's a whole host of uh, areas and ways the Patriots are graded. It's actually treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, and a locker room. And there's also uh, some travel involved in there as well. Now, you would think the New England Patriots, having been the cream of the crop, the premier franchise of North American sports, let alone the National Football League, for two decades, for a 20-year span, would probably finish in the top third of said survey. I mean, like, it's, it's Robert Kraft. He's a big celebrity. They're a multi-billion dollar franchise. I mean, they make it look like they spare no expense, and everything has to be top shelf. He arrives uh, via helicopter before the games. There's celebrities in the box. Whenever uh, Jim and whenever Jim Nance and Tony Romo broadcast the game, Andy, and yet the New England Patriots finished in this anonymous survey 24th out of 32 teams receiving a D and a D plus grade for they received a D in terms of weight room. Uh, I would True. imagine it's, that gets fixed pretty damn quick. And then they got a D plus. This was the shocker, the real head turner for me. Travel. I mean, the damn team has not won two private planes. The first team in the NFL to have a jumbo jetliner, not to mention two. And they get a D plus. And, all, and the biggest complaint, 54% of the respondents said they felt like they had adequate leg room. I mean, can you just rip out a couple of seats so a couple of, you know, a couple of Barmores, Judons, and Trent Browns have enough room to spread out for the flight home from Kansas City? I was I was surprised. And this is this has been making the rounds and making some waves around town, Andy. Well, the good news is they're not the Cardinals. The Cardinals were much worse. The uh, commanders were much worse, as you might expect. So I have wait, one- wait, can I mention sorry, Andy. I, I apologize for stepping on your toes, but the amazing thing about the commanders, they got two F minuses. Oh yeah, which is not even a real a grade. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how if you're gonna make up an F minus, why not just give them a Z? Like right. If you're making up grades on the fly here, like <laughs> <laughs> They're that bad. Um, oh, what a dump. The one thing I would say here, I don't think all players should get to vote in this. I think the prerequisite should be you have to have spent time with multiple organizations because Correct. you know what I think hurts NFL teams? Guys coming from colleges. 
Mm-hmm. Colleges have much better facilities. These hundred million dollar weight rooms and hundred million dollar locker rooms, because oh, yeah. of the Oregon boosters. or yeah, 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 like Nike boosters, so etc. If you're coming from a certain college program and your first taste is Gillette, I could see how you'd be like, "Wow, this sucks." And by the way, imagine if it were still Foxborough, but forget it. We're at Gillette and everything they bring now. Um, yeah. Oh my God, the old toy. <laughs> it was so- it was a dump, and it was our dump. I, I think that aspect of it um, might sway this. Now, one would argue that's consistent for all teams. All teams have young players that are coming straight from college and haven't played for other teams, so really have nothing to compare NFL life to. And the Patriots have some failings. They have an aging stadium that was never state-of-the-art. So I think there are some limitations there. You know, one thing, um, when I saw the, the what, what did they phrase it, treatment of families or something, mm-hmm. when I saw that, and you can attest to this mm-hmm. for years, they've had player family post-game dinners in the tunnel, like just a, the, the service tunnel, like tables set up and you can get a buffet. I could see people being like, this is the new England Patriots, the greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL. And my mom Tom and Brady put up with this crap. Like they, we got a folding chair with some pipe and drape on a picnic table in the tunnel. Like this is what you do. I, I get room temperature, chicken marsala with some, you know, arroz, you know, with right. a little rice and beans. Come on now. Yeah, so I I could see that. The weight room is tiny, even though it has been rebuilt really not that long ago when they took the old media workroom and added it to the weight room. Um, And so the the locker room has been redone, but it's it's run-of-the-mill. There's nothing special about the locker room at Gillette Stadium. There just isn't. So, And and some of this was funny, too, because it made me laugh. So everybody's like, oh, they did well in terms of strength and conditioning staff. Mm-hmm. Well, they sort of did. They got a high grade, but they still ranked 28th. So everybody got a high grade in that area, basically, right? Yeah, like, so, a- Yeah, so the players love their strength coaches, and that's obviously massively integral to uh, the growth, development, and success of football teams. And they also got an A in training staff, yet still that left them tied for ninth. Yeah, so some of this is interesting and you know, they're doing some changes. I think there is some work being done on the weight room. We know the changes for the fans and for the mm-hmm. the business side of things with the event space in the end zone there and everything in the lighthouse. And they're going to have the biggest individual flat screen television in the world, in the which I would zone. guess players don't give a rat's ass about. Do not. I don't care. You know, like when they're running to the end zone, like, Ooh, I can see myself. I can see how far behind me this guy is. That's great. If it's going to be an, you know, a curved eight K screen, that's all well and good, but you know, at the same time, maybe some of the players would, as the, I, I go to the report here at NFLPA.com, uh, maybe they would like uh, supportive families uh, to be increased. They got a C minus for treatment of families. One of 11 teams that do not offer daycare at the stadium. One of 14 teams that do not offer a family room at the stadium. Hmm. Nutrition, they got a B. Like Spoiled you said, weight brats. room, they got a D. Training room, C minus. Now you know why Brady maybe made his way up to the mall so he could go to uh, the Guerrero Teria. Locker room, C plus. Yeah, I mean, we always see it looks great. I'm still stunned about this team travel, D plus. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've actually never ridden on the new planes, but everybody that tells me says they're just run of the mill. There's nothing special about them. There's a couple Patriots logos, nothing fancy. Right. So I, I understand that now. I would also, they're spoiled. They're all spoiled because mm-hmm. they all travel really well. Yes. 
So it has to be relative, I guess, and could be worse. As I said, in Arizona, they're charging you for your meals. They will payroll deduct when you I eat. can't, dude, I can't even, like, the in-season, they charge you for dinner, and they'll box it up and send it home with you. The Cardinals, who just had a, the, their third Super Bowl at their fancy stadium with their greased cat shit playing surface that they grew outside. Easy, easy. It was slick. I'm surprised we didn't have more ankles, Achilles, and, you know, knee tears. Uh, kind of the way OBJ tore his at the previous Super Bowl. And then in the offseason, if you're in there training, you get charged per meal. And that's why Kyler Murray doesn't work out. No, exactly. I would stay home and I order Grubhub and play Call of Duty. No, as well. We've been we've been crapping on Kyler Murray, but this may be a two-way street of idiocy in Arizona between Maybe the team. Maybe he would and be Kyler. less of a dink if he played elsewhere. I don't necessarily like he probably is aware that they are a low-level. Uh, mom and pop franchise when they're doing things like payroll. The so I show up to work out in the off season being a good employee and I maybe take, I mean, what does it cost? 12 bucks worth of food, 12 bucks worth of really? food for your $200 yeah. million dollar quarterback. And you're going to charge me for it. Yeah. Like, if if I want to have a couple of veggie burgers and some saute, you know, what do we do in some, in a, in a mixed green salad, that'll be 1495. I'm not looking for beef Wellington. I didn't ask to have like a smoothie bar. I mean, I, I would take it. I would Patriots take have a smoothie bar. There you go. Do they get they have a smoothie, smoothie bar and your shakes are waiting for you when you get off the practice field in a cooler. They've already been made for you and you just get the one mark like, oh, there's hearts and you just pull it out of the cooler. Well, look um, at that. So that's why they did okay in nutrition. Do you think this matters uh, on any level? Do you think this ties into, remember when Bill Belichick was like googly eyes when they were in Las Vegas in the preseason? He's like, this Called is it the, the Taj Mahal. Yes, right? the Taj Mahal. And the Raiders, I do believe, finished second overall. Yes. The Minnesota Vikings finished first. Two teams with brand new, state-of-the-art, dare I say, space-age stadiums and facilities. What's they, what have they ever won? <laughs> yeah, you can be happy. We win titles here. We're focused on the important stuff, like winning. Now, I, at first, Andy, we used to I, win. I, we don't I anymore. Did, but you know, not so much anymore. Yeah, we used to. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, New England is big about living in the past. Also, we started this country, so you're welcome. Um, there, I, at first, I did wonder. I did try to put on the super fan glasses. I got into, you know, I went full Fitzy super fan, and I thought, do okay, they still fit. Maybe what's that? Do they? They still do. Fit? Yes. Oh, they okay. do. You haven't worn them in a while. Well, again. I would just, I will, I'll take a moment here to remind you and everyone else as you like to, it's the first of many times where you'll just take a cheap shot and try to bust my balls for your own benefit. Yep. Poking and prodding your old Pat's pal here. I didn't have to live in reality or be realistic about my favorite football team, their successes, their misgivings, their trappings, failures at all for 20 years because we didn't live in reality. When Tom Brady was with Bill Belichick, we did not live in reality. That was a surreality of success that will never be replicated on any other team in the NFL, let alone in Boston sports. So I didn't have to. And now that I'm now that I'm in my third year of this new thing called reality, which I haven't dealt with since my early 20s or the 90s or the 80s, I'm continuing to recalibrate and adjust. And I believe other fans are, or at least I think that they should as well. Now. That being said, I tried to look at this with the super fan glasses. And you know what? At first I was thinking, yeah, this is probably Belichick not putting a lot of, you know, effort into different aspects of the facility so he can gain the competitive advantage. You know, Zoe in Mike Tomlin's headset, uh, red hour back, never fixing the floor, uh, cold showers in the opponent's locker room, warm Gatorade, all that kind of thing. No, this is actually not on Belichick at all. Nope. 
Nope. Bill Belichick has very little. This is an organizational issue. And I'm sure Mr. Kraft was far beyond flattered when he read this report. And it will probably bring about more changes than just a big lounge and a giant lighthouse in the end zone. And that'll be for the team's benefit because the NFLPA puts this together for prospective draft picks and free agents to know if you consider this team and you haven't had a chance to tour the facilities, here's what you may expect. And it's also for the teams to let them know without retribution on the player's end, like Matt Judon said this, or here's what Jonathan Jones said about that. It's anonymous. And so maybe this will help the team fix their ish, if you will. Yeah, maybe, or it might not matter because I still believe that if you're a, if you're drafted, well, you're drafted. You have to go there. That's them. Mm -hmm. Them's the rules. Unless you're unless Eli your daddy engineers a trade right. from San Diego to New York because you don't want to play for the Chargers. And if you're a free agent, you're going to be like Matthew Judon and say, "I didn't pick New England. They picked me when they handed mm -hmm. me a bag." So I guess in some scenarios where maybe you're a middling free agent and it's a two-year deal for ten million in two different places, then maybe you say, "Well, you know." New England didn't do all that well on that survey. Maybe it's nicer for me to go to Oakland. Maybe it, it's something like that. But for the most part, while I think they should attempt to improve some of the areas where they are failing and maybe not doing business as be, business is being done elsewhere, hell, if 20-something other teams have daycare, you probably got to put in a daycare room. Whether you really mm -hmm. want to or not, it's probably just sort of cost of doing business. Like, you know, this would be like a company saying, nope, we don't believe in 401ks here. We, we don't do 401ks. Well, the rest of the world does them. So if you want to compete with the rest of the world, you better do 401ks. You better put in a daycare. So, yeah, this will probably uh, result in some changes. But I also don't want to pretend that they were necessarily the biggest spenders back in the day. And that's why they won. And now they've stopped spending and they that's why they're losing. No, they're not as talented. They're not as good now. And it has nothing to do with daycare centers. Uh couldn't agree more, Hart, um, which is an odd place to find myself as we come to near the tail end of the Pats Paris opening segment of this action-packed edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. A couple other little nuggets. Uh, it does appear that T. Higgins, yeah, crush, is gonzo because the Cincinnati Bengals general manager said, go get your own wide receiver. Uh, interesting to see that. I say now the Patriots should maybe take a peek under the hood, maybe give a call to old, uh, as you call him, FOB, F-O-B, Sean Payton out there in Denver and see if they do want to recoup a couple draft picks. If Jerry Judy is a definite, a definitive part of the Broncos' future. Uh, and if if Payton said, uh, okay, I didn't hang up yet, I'm listening, what do you think it would cost? Uh, is that a one or is that a two and a four? I don't think it's a one. I don't think he warrants a one. I think it's a two and something. Maybe you do some sort of conditional thing where if he plays 17 games and gets a thousand yards and ton, 10 touchdowns, it becomes a one, a two that mm -hmm. becomes a okay. one or something uh, along that line. Um, I'd be interested. I'd look into it. I wouldn't close the door on T Higgins. I've just pushed the door um, to next year. And I think there's a chance they're still going to have to trade him at some point. So maybe they can, um, appease him or do whatever for this year to make a run at a Super Bowl. I still don't think you sign Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins for a combined $750 million or whatever the total is going to be for the Bengals. So next year, they franchise him. Mm -hmm. You ship a one. And I've actually painted this in a positive direction for the Patriots. Hmm. By next year, if you're mm -hmm. still looking for a number one receiver, I think 
you'll be more settled in who you are, what you are. If you're still looking for a one, I'm I'm guessing that means Mac is your quarterback. He had a good year, and you've decided, yep, we have our franchise quarterback. Now we got to get him a one. If you're still looking for a one, it means you probably have a little bit more clarity on Tyquan Thornton, Marcus mm-hmm. Jones, maybe a receiver you draft this year. So where the hierarchy would go, you know what? Ooh, Tyquan Thornton's a good two. Yep, he's a good two. And Marcus Jones is actually contributing in the slot, but we still need the one. We still need T. Higgins. So you might be, because if you trade for T. Higgins right now, this is something I've thought of right, right away. Mm-hmm. If you trade for him right now, and Mac Jones is more the Mac Jones of last year and sucks, <gasps> well, you don't have a quarterback. And how long is T. Higgins going to be happy with Bailey Zappi and then next man up? Like mm-hmm. it could be a Brian Hoyer, window. Jimmy right. Garoppolo, whomever, whoever it I is. Yeah. Like I feel like T. Higgins could get here for a year or two and then be like, I want out. This is a hard debacle. pass. I, I mean, the Bengals. Right. And the Bengals may also be thinking like, look, we're not sure if we can sign him yet. However, we do have Super Bowl aspirations and he shows up in big games as well. So what we'll do is we'll ride it out with him this year before we have to figure out if we can sign the guy. And if we let him walk, hell, maybe we play him on the franchise tag for a year. But if we let him walk, we take the third in return as opposed to taking a one now because we think we can get back to the ship. Yep. And I do too, because they were like one or two bad plays away from beating the Chiefs. And I think they would have hung with, if not been able to find a way to squeak one out against the Eagles as well. So I understand that. Judy, I loved coming out of the draft. He's got the speed, precise route runner. He did play with Mac when Mac came in for Tua in 19 and in 20 when they beat Michigan in, in the Citrus Bowl as well. There's highlights of a nice pass that Mac threw yep. to him in the Citrus Bowl as well. So they've got a connection there. That could be the whole like one of Mac's guys kind of thing. You mean Slade Bolden? Yeah, we'll get to him later. Uh, Jerry Judy has improved through his pro career. A lot of injuries, obviously, like inconsistent quarterback play. Had almost 1,000 yards last year. I think he's on the ascent. He could be the guy that, you know, as we continue to look for that true one to open up the offense as well, might be the right kind of guy. I would maybe consider giving up a one. I like your idea of like a two. And then like it's conditional. If he gets 1,100 yards, more than eight touchdowns, or is a Pro Bowl player, or they make the playoffs, it turns into a one. And you have control of him for two years, for last year, and then player option. The year. problem with that is your one is the 14th pick in the draft. If I was picking 32nd, maybe I could talk myself into it. I probably still would be against it. But I'm not giving the 14th pick in the draft for Jerry Judy. <clears throat> Try again. No, but how about if it would have, it would, I guess it would have to be, a two and a four next year, or it turns into next year's first overall. Yeah, you could do something like that, and you could sell me on that conditionally based on mm-hmm. how he plays, if he stays healthy, what he produces, um, various things. But, yeah, uh, it, it's fun. Lastly, uh, any com- any other combine uh, observations, nuggets, uh, or tidbits you care to share? We will have a check-in next week on our first edition next week of Six Rings and Football Things with our pal Mike Dusso from Patriots.com. Yeah who is currently out there. He'll bring us back uh, all of his little observations, uh, his his combine crushes and more. But anything stick out for you thus far? Well, people are getting all hot and bothered about who's there for the Patriots and who's doing what. Is Bill Belichick there? He's not there, but he's going to be there. Oh, all God of that sake. stuff is fine. Um, I wouldn't get too hot and bothered about it. He's He's definitely missed it in the past. I remember at least one year where he skipped it, maybe multiples, and – there's Arbato's also I, Belichick. <laughs> yeah, like there's been times and 
there was the year that he um, – or people get caught up in some, – some of the reporters, I think Callahan had it, you know, oh, Troy Brown's there, Cam Aker. Well, also guys go in waves. They go for their spe- specific position groups. So, you know, the O-line guy's not necessarily there the, the same time as the D-line guy and the various coaches. So um, I would – even if Belichick didn't go, which now the reports are, our own Cur- Chris Curtis, I guess, was told he will be arriving later in the week. Um, I don't – it doesn't really matter to me. To me, the most interesting thing that came out of um, the combine slash Belichick slash Indy was the Sean Payton talking about Matt Patricia, saying he's a good coach, might still have mm-hmm. a spot for him on his staff. And then the interesting uh, missteps of the Boston Globe, who got a quote from Bill Belichick, who praised Matt Patricia about, mm-hmm. you know, he's won a lot of games and championships for us, blah, blah, blah. But the way the quote was packaged was most interesting to me. In the story from Jim McBride and Nicole Yang, it said mm-hmm. Belichick responded when reached out for comment by the by the Globe. When Ben Volan retweeted the story, he said that Belichick reached out to the Globe to comment on Matt Patricia. Oh, so, a little spin zone. I don't know which is true. I, mm. I can only take – I have both pieces of information – I believe that Bill probably reached out to say positive things about Matt Patricia. And I do think, and he should, by the way, because mm-hmm. he owes that MFR uh, mm-hmm. for torpedoing his career last year, for putting him yeah. in as bad a position as he put his quarterback in. So, in the line of fire last year, like absolutely. the slings and arrows of an angry football nation. So, he should be doing, because you know, I thought the interview with Peyton was not a coincidence that it's a friend of Belichick doing the interview. Right. Like, I right. think Belichick got him the interview. I think Belichick's trying to get him the job. I think Belichick is trying to rehab Matt Patricia's career, and he needs to because his yeah. career is in shambles in some of his own doing. Detroit mm-hmm. was on Matt. That's all him. But, of course, but the but this this Patriot usually when people come back to the Patriots, Andy, when they travel down the uh, Kyle Van Noy highway and take the Patrick Chung exit to have your second tour of duty with the Patriots, that second stint usually goes pretty well. Yeah, not for Matt Patricia. He well, it wasn't going poorly when he was doing all the things he was doing the year before in personnel and in the booth and all these various mm-hmm. uh, assisting roles. But uh, he got thrown to the wolves last year, and now Belichick is trying to rehab his image, and he should. As, yeah, he absolutely should as well. No, I think that's definitely. I think that's Sean Payton doing him a solid. Hey, maybe there's a little spot for him coaching linebackers. Where I'm sure he could probably do it if if he just did that. If yeah, he didn't and, try to do anything else. It happens. Brian Flores was a linebackers coach last year for the Steelers. Now he's a D coordinator again. He's probably back on the upward mm-hmm. trend, depending on how mm-hmm. the lawsuit and everything plays out in mm-hmm. certain places. So Matt Patricia could turn a year as a linebackers coach into a D coordinator job, into whatever, to, to go in the right direction. But uh, Bill needs to do everything in his power to buff up Matt, Matt Patricia. He owes him. Yep, and the Patriots seem to have met so far uh, as the combine goes with a number of linebackers. Of course, I think you're allowed up to 30 pre-draft meetings with players. So there are a couple of linebackers and defensive linemen. That well, they... the 30s in Foxborough, like you get more than oh, that. Oh, thir- okay, more. Okay, so the, see, good to know. The glad, glad you're here, Andy. And they're going to uh, meet with everybody. They'll meet with a ton of people that doing whether due it's the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. the Shrine Bowl, the Combine, the regular interviews, pro days, personal workouts. They will meet with everybody for the most part. And so, therefore, if a guy says he met with him at the Combine, doesn't mean, oh, my God, the Patriots are going to take that guy. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh, alert. New Combine crush. This uh, linebacker out of Ohio State, North Carolina, Wisconsin, or all the other random places I've seen so far. But they were meeting with a couple of defensive linemen as well. 
uh, one guy that looked like Aiden Hutchinson 2.0 who played for Iowa. The name oh, yeah. escapes me. Uh, it's you, you Van, know what I'm Van, Van something. Mm-hmm. Van something. Yes. It's Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. It's not Van Noy. That's it's not, not Van Wilder. Van Vader. It's not It's not Van Helsing. <laughs> nope. But uh, dude shredded. Dude is absolutely a machine. Yep. He's one of those those edge guys, end of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage guys, but like six pack. It like he's a pretty impressive player. I don't think I'd want to use the eleven, uh, the fourteenth pick 14th. in the draft on him, but um, I'm I'm Specimen. falling in love with some other positions, cornerback oh. and wide receiver. My latest crush after Zay Flowers is Christian yep. Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Oregon. A lot of people have him mocked to the Patriots as well, and like of course him. we've previously addressed the cornerback position. Andy and I, I gave it a nine. Andy gave it a ten on our interest meter and in our off-seasonal positional previews. Of course, there will be six rings and prospect things. The old prospectors' heart That's and not child. terrible. That's no, not terrible. No, it's not. That's why I did that. That's actually a good idea from you. Yeah. Yeah. See, I use the S word a lot. I'm not going to use the F word right now, but just no audience. I would have probably used one if I wasn't trying to keep the PG to PG 13 rating to our podcast as well. You'll be hearing those prospect based podcasts for the Patriots on this very feed coming up soon. And we appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing and following in our growing Patriots fan community.